also called the Holy Bible, the scriptures, the sacred scriptures, the word of God, and the sacred writings. The Bible is made up of 66 books, 39 in the Old Testament, also called the Old Covenant, and 27 in the New Testament, also called the New, the New Covenant. Christians believe the Bible is inspired by God. It does not contain errors being written by holy men who were guided by the Holy Spirit so that they wrote without error. What they wrote is reliable and accurate in every way. The Bible is the Christian's guide for belief and practice and contains the truth of God. It tells the story of how God revealed salvation to man and how Jesus Christ provided salvation for all through his, sacrifice, his sacrificial death on the cross. One needs only to believe in Jesus Christ to be saved. The Bible is true and contains the truth that is re revealed by God to us. However, not all truth is revealed in the Bible, for truth is found in history and the natural world. But wherever the Bible has spoken, it is truth. So, <clears throat> how did God reveal himself? Or, how has God revealed himself? God has revealed himself through visions, poetry, biographies, be it the gospels, sermons, face to face, by writing on stone, through miracles and parables, in compulsive desires, by angels, through historical research, and by Jesus Christ. God has not told us everything there is to know about himself or his plan. We are finite, and God is infinite. We can never know everything about God. Deuteronomy 29 and 29 says, The secret things 
belong to the Lord our God. But those, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of his law of this law. This does not mean the Bible is incomplete or that the task of writing the Bible was poorly done. It means that God's divine revelation is complete concerning the facts of redemption. There's nothing else we need to know to get saved. Now, so how do the claims of Jesus Christ prove the Bible is the word of God? In the Bible, Jesus claims to be God. If his claims are false, then the Bible is mistaken. Is wrong. If his claims are correct, then the Bible is correct and the word of God is authoritative. Consider the alternatives. If Jesus' claim were false and he knew his claims were false, then he made a deliberate misrepresentation, which means Jesus was a liar or a hypocrite or had a demon that was deceiving people. Then Jesus was a fool for dying for something he knew was false. On the other hand, if Jesus made false claims but did not know it, then he was sincerely deluded. That means he was a lunatic or mentally deranged. However, if his claims are true, which I know they are, then Jesus is Lord and people must accept him and follow him or reject him and be condemned in hell. Is the Bible the word of God just because it claims to be? Well, you can't prove that the Bible is the word of God by merely saying it claims to be the word of God. That is a circular argument. However, over 3,000 times, the authors made various statements such as, thus saith the Lord and God spoke. We would expect that if a supernatural God wrote the book, then his truthfulness would demand that he claimed to be the author also. If God has a message to communicate to mankind, then the uniqueness of the message would demand a unique avenue of communication. That is, the Bible would be a revelation and an inerrant book. Since God demands that people believe his message, then the method of communication must have credibility some basis for people believing it. Therefore, God not only gave people a message, but His, but he communicated it in a way that was believable and credible. If the Bible is a fraud, people should reject it for its lack of integrity and reliability. However, if the Bible is God's book, we must accept it, its message and believe in its author. So, what is the inspiration of scripture? The inspiration is the guidance or influence of the Holy Spirit 
on the human writers of scripture so that God controlled them in such a way that they wrote exactly what God wanted them to write without error. Second Timothy 3 and 15. Inspiration comes from the Greek, and I'm going to try to pronounce, pronounce this correctly here, Theonostos, which means God breathed out. The Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration to God. This means God breathed or put his spirit into on the words of scripture. God guided the men that wrote the scriptures. Holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The word moved means to be born alone. As these human authors wrote the scriptures, the Holy Spirit was the divine author giving them, excuse me, guiding them in the process. So, does inspiration apply to each word of the Bible? Yes, the words of the word of God were put there by God, Paul says. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we might know. Not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Notice that the Holy Spirit's influence extends to the words of Scripture. The New Testament suggests that God wrote the Scriptures through human authors by such statements as, For David himself said, by the Holy Spirit, Mark 12 and 36. The Hebrew Christians were told, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last <clears throat> in these last days spoken to us by his son in Hebrews one and one through two. God used a variety of ways to reveal his inspired word to the chosen writers, who then wrote it down for us. Sometimes these writers were aware of the significance of what they were recording and why they were writing. But on other occasions, they did not realize the full truth they were communicating. Concerning those who wrote the Messianic prophecy, Peter said, to them it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us, they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. First Peter 1 and 12, Peter was saying that some authors did not fully understand the message they wrote, but today we can examine its content to understand its meaning. Even though God used a variety of different methods to produce the Bible, each verse is a inspired is as inspired as the next. Every verse of scripture is authoritative, 
Jesus acknowledged that not one letter or even one part of a letter would be changed until all scripture was fulfilled in Matthew 5.18. There is no such thing as a degree of inspiration on a uh, particular part of scripture so that one verse is greater or lesser than another part of scripture. Although there were varying degrees of knowledge about the subjects on which they wrote, the authors wrote exactly what God wanted written. God used a variety of ways to give his word, be it poetry, history, testimony, law, epistles, or biography. Yet every word of his word, complete and inerrant as a result of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So could a perfect God write an imperfect book? <clears throat> the real issue of inerrancy is centered in the character of God. Some who deny inerrancy will eagerly point out that the Bible is God's revelation, but that they do not necessarily believe the Bible is completely accurate. We recognize that the Bible comes from God, and the perfect nature of God would make it impossible for him to write a book that was not perfect. God, because he is God, could not have produced other than an inerrant revelation of himself. If a choice is to be made, the Bible says, let God be true, but every man a liar. Romans 3 and 4. Twice the Bible says it is impossible for God to lie in Titus 1 and 2 and Hebrews 16, excuse me, Hebrews 6 and 18. The divine attribute of truth is also ascribed to the Bible. Fan line will be back in a moment. Thank you for waiting and we're back. You know, the Bible was written originally in Hebrew and Greek. So what do we know about the Hebrew language? The Old Testament was written in Hebrew, except a few passages in Daniel written in Chaldean. Hebrew is a simple, solitary, straightforward language. It is a bold, beautiful language with descriptive words and idiomatic expressions. It has 24 letters and was one of the first phonetic languages. And of all the languages on earth, Greek is one of the most exact languages to express the minute thinking of authors. The Greek of the Bible was originally called the Holy Spirit language. But with the discovery of a number of text by archaeologists, the New Testament Greek was found to be of the, um, <clears throat> I'm trying to say this word properly, the Koine Greek, and it's spelled K-O-I-N-E, K-O-I-N-E, which means the common language of everyday people. 
God did not write the New Testament in classical Greek, which only the elite could read. God wrote it in the language of everyday people. <clears throat> and what are what are called the original manuscripts? Well, they are called they were called the autographs because they were actually written by the people who claimed to be the authors. So the manuscripts, the original manuscripts were called the autographs. And God has allowed the autographs to be lost because people have the question, well, why were the, the original manuscripts lost or, or why were the autographs lost? God has allowed the autographs to be lost because like relics from the Holy Land, they would have been venerated and worshipped. So when the church was persecuted, especially during the time of, and I'm going to have to try to say pronounce this one correctly, Diocletian, 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 excuse me. <laughs> Many autographs were destroyed. Diocletian thought that if he could eliminate the writings of Christians, he could eliminate Christianity. <clears throat> Later, some autographs were lost due to the wind and tear of much used by the early church. There was a practice during the early church of copying scriptures to be distributed to every church established throughout the Mediterranean world. When many copies were made, they didn't keep the original. <clears throat> so this right here would explain why, you know, the people always, they come up and say, well, there were lost books in the Bible. You know, why, didn't, why aren't they in the Bible? And the writers of the, <clears throat> the or the writers of the um, King James are trying to hide stuff. No, this is by virtue of God not to have it in there. And this is the reason why. <clears throat> Some books were written in parchment, which is a specifically prepared skin of an animal. I didn't know that. Other books were written in, I've always heard about parchment, but just didn't know that it was... Um, specifically prepared skin of an animal. Other books were written on papyrus, a type of paper that was prepared from a reed that grows in marshy areas. Papyrus is also called chartus, a word from which we get our word charter. The word Bible does not occur, occur in the Bible, so where do we get the word? Well, the word Bible comes from Tabibilav, which means a collection of little books. Technically, the Bible is a collection of 66 books. <clears throat> the Old Testament books were written on the skins of animals and rolled into a scroll. The scrolls were kept in jars to keep them dry. Some of the New Testament books were also kept in scrolls. In time, though, collections of papyrus sheets 
being paper, was sewn together in book form, much like we use today. Much of these, excuse me, each of these were called a codex, which was a book in which the pages were sewn, not rolled, together. And it says, so it says, <clears throat> the question being, why did the New Testament church combine the 27 individual books into one? Because the Old Testament had been collected from 39 individual books. The church did the same with the New Testament. Also because all the New Testament books were written by apostles and excuse me, prophets. Everyone wanted a copy. They were collected together and usually kept in the library libraries of rich Christians or by a church. But then too, the books were about Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. And every Christian wanted a copy because of their love for him. Since they wanted to know everything about Jesus, they collected as many New Testament books about him as possible. Then as the apostles began to die, people wanted a collection of their teachings for themselves and to pass on, pass on to others. As the churches began using the various New Testament books for public worship, they collected them together for reading in church services. As false doctrine and controversy arose, churches brought scripture together into a collection to answer hearsay. When Diocletian ordered the, the, the destruction of all sacred books, Christians gathered them, cataloged them, and hid them for pros prosperity. And here's another question. <clears throat> what early manuscripts have, exi have existed until today? Well, first, Unico manuscripts were those written in capital letters. Some date back as early as 8200. Next, the um, minuscule manuscripts were written in small letters. Today, we have over 8,000 copies of the Latin Vulgate, which was uh, translated from the Greek and other early manuscripts into Latin. Scholars have gathered the... Um, Now, here's a word I can't even pronounce, but <clears throat> I'll try. Pat. <laughs> I still can't get it. Uh, I'll spell it for you. P-A-T-R-I-S-I-T-I-C. Which are quotations of every scripture by the early church fathers, demonstrating that Every New Testament verse has been quoted at least once by church fathers. Over 1,500 lectionaries have been found, which are early books used for public reading and worship. Finally, from the garbage pits of the Mediterranean world, archaeologists have found a multitude of 
of, um, I would say, listing, so to speak, which were broken pieces of poetry on which average people wrote the scriptures. The entire Bible can be reconstructed from pieces that were found. The word Canaan, and I'm sure you've heard this before, <clears throat> or excuse me, Canon, C-A-N-O-N. The word Canon comes from the Greek word, I mean the root word, rod, which was a measuring reed and eventually became a standard measurement such as our yardstick. The Bible is called the Canon be it a measuring yardstick. The canon is the set of books that were officially recognized by the church or various church councils as scripture. The council accepted books that were written by apostles or those close to apostles as authoritative books of scripture. Also, when Christians recognized that God spoke to them through certain books and that those books had certain spiritual power. They concluded that those books were written under the influence of God's inspiration. There were, <clears throat> these were then accepted as scripture. Another test was whether or not the authors claimed that their writings were actually the words of God. If they made this, this claim, the church accepted these uh, testimonies and recognized the books as scripture. So what is the logical argument for the, the, the development of the canon? Well, since God had a message, he wanted to reveal and choose to use multiple authors to write it. And since God knew his message would be attacked by critics and that the people would read his message were not scholars but average people who needed distinction in life God personally guaranteed the contents of his message and made sure that his words were accurately recorded be it inspiration the different books were compiled into one coherent unit canon to be transmitted to future generations and God protected them so there would be no corruption, alteration, deletion, and or addition to the word of God. See, um, now as far as new books being found in the future that will be added to the Bible, will there be? Well, the New Testament ends with a writing excuse me, a warning against taking away or adding anything to the word of God. In Revelations 22, 18 through 19, the book of James describes the Bible as the complete or perfect law of liberty. If God were allow a new book to be added, that would suggest that the Bible was incomplete before and that God did not apply to those in the past everything they needed to know. It could also suggest that God has a new revelation 
Yet the book of Jude describes the Bible as the faith which was once for all delivered. <clears throat> this means the faith or scriptures were once and for all delivered to the saints. We do not need an additional book of the Bible because we do not need an additional, an additional message from God. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, what is King James? What is the King James version of the Bible? The King James version of 1611 and the authorized version are actually the same Bible. Translation on the King James Version was begun in 1607 and completed in 1610. The Bible did not appear in public until 1611 and was actually called the Authorized Version. Though no act of the English Parliament was ever passed approving it. During recent decades, the spelling of the King James Version has been modernized. Other misprints have been corrected, and the reference references in the margins have been re-examined. Recent additions have inserted an English word in the text or substituted a different English word that more closely parallels the meaning of the original Greek or Hebrew word. The King James Version is one of the most reliable of all the versions. It reflects great faithfulness to the grammar and syntax of the Greek and Hebrew in the Old and New Testaments. <clears throat> okay, there you have it. There you have it in a nutshell. Now, I will like to preference that you know, there are other Bibles out there and it attempts to you know, modernize <coughs> excuse me modernize the Bible. I'll just put it to you like this way, like this. Um, still be careful of what you get, of what Bible you get. Now, I use the King James and try to use it in its rawest form to get uh, the exact content, meaning, and saying of what of what it's what's being relayed. I'll just put it this way: when it comes to <clears throat> descriptions of black people. Because black people all, all throughout that Bible, the Bible itself, don't let anybody fool you on that. Some people's versions of when they when they <coughs> excuse me when they write the Bible, they like to uh, switch words out. And I'm just saying, be aware of that. Be aware of that. 
a lot of people, even though they, they, they call themselves Christians, but they still have, they're still being led by the devil. That's what I want to put out there. Well, that's it for today's episode. Tune in tomorrow for a quiz. For a quiz on this Infant Line Bible Quiz. And please feel free to comment and share. And if you feel led to give a donation, I gratefully appreciate your support. And I leave you with this word from Romans 12.2. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Enough said. Now, here are the questions. I got five questions for the quiz tomorrow. Question one. Name at least six of the 12 ways God has revealed himself to us. Number two, what is the original manuscripts called? Number three, did God allow the manuscripts to be lost? Yes or no? Number four, what is the canon? Number five, how were the pages of the Bible stored? And those are the five questions that I would like for you to answer. I will reveal the answers to those questions in tomorrow's episode. And the caveat to that is the first person who can send me their answers via email at marvinfant1 at gmail.com. The first person with all the answers correct or, the, or most of the answers correct will receive a $20 gift. That's Marvin Fant at, excuse me, Marvin Fant one at gmail.com. Thank you and keep listening.